For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope that you are doing well. First, a big thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Jackie Walker. Jackie, thank you so much for your support. And of course, to all of our other wonderful patrons who make the podcast possible. All right, Andy, so our, our wonderful patrons, they guilted me. They said you and I were too negative on the previous episode about Hero and, in particular, the Azzurri. So I watched, and I'm not going to say I got hooked, but I was infinitely more entertained than I previously thought I could be. Now, I'm going to chalk that up to a couple of things. First, two of my agendas held true. I'm not drawing a direct correlation to this, but the second Alessandro Florenzi went off the pitch. Oh, no. Oh, oh wow. come on, man. They look oh, so there. much better. Okay. This is just another happy coincidence that works in my favor. And then beyond that, Spinazzola, man. In, in a match where, listen, where if you were to look at the scoreline, you see that, that Italy wins 3-0, to zero, you're going to think, okay, uh, man of the match had to have been an attack, an attack or a midfielder. Your mind generally does not jump to the left back, but nobody had any qualms with him being named the man of the match because you always see people debate this after every single game. It doesn't matter if it's in Serie A, the Italian national team. It was a resounding, overwhelming, unilateral agreement that... Spinazzola was far and away the best man on the pitch. Andy, he was phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, he was, and and uh, you know, in the, the the first half, Italy struggled just because they. It seemed like it was. It's uh, it's the very. It's very similar to to what we saw with with England and with um, yesterday with the Netherlands. They they look nervous at first. You know, there is always that pressure of the opener, and can you get it right? Can you? You know, can you get the three points against the team that you should get the three points against? And and uh, because of some dubious referee uh, decision making, uh, Italy were not looking too too bright in the first half. But the the one sort of the the main yeah, engine of the team in that first half was indeed Spinazzola, who at the beginning had some issues. You know, reading Insigne's movement, and Insigne had some issues reading his movement, and so it was clear that they still had to gel a bit on that left side. But anything remotely dangerous, remotely interesting, always came from the uh, the left flank. Florenzi was a non-factor, and um, you know, it's it's not nice to see him go out with an injury, and and apparently he's he's fine now. He'll be fine, um, but. That that just shows you that you know there is levels <laughs> to this game, and I guess that 
you know, it's one thing when you when you consider Florenzi's season, I don't know, looking at sofa score or something, but Spinazzola really had a good season and to see him carry that on with his national team is it's a pleasure. And I hope that, you know, Mourinho takes notice of it and he'll be watching. Um, I did I did think, you know, after that very negative podcast that we had, I didn't that's not what I wanted for it to come across as as something that, you know, like uh, us just taking a dump on the Italian national team. It's basically, you know, what 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 Mancini did against Turkey is something that it that's the that's the way Italy should have been playing for these past 10, 12 years. Um, and, and that's not been the case. So, yes, great to see them play against Turkey. They had a good game. I, they picked up the tempo in the second half and finally s- sort of opened up because they they didn't look so tense. I do think that uh, a change that can be made in the next game against Switzerland is getting rid of uh, Locatelli, putting somebody like Verratti perhaps, uh, because I think that Jorginho was wonderful, but you need somebody else next to him. And... Um, and then Berardi, which I didn't think was as as good as uh, everybody said he was. I, I I didn't see that chemistry. I do think that the options are limited, especially if you take him off and you sub Bernardeschi on. Um, right, right. Which is right. again, Bernardeschi got, comes on, and the first thing he does is he gives the ball to the opposition. So that's a perfect summary of his past. What it has been. I, the last time I think we saw a good Bernardeschi was in the 2016-2017 season. That's that's four years ago, and that's when this guy was considered, you know, an emerging talent. And um, and now he's just there to fill in the last five minutes, give the ball to to the opposition, and hope the the result doesn't change. Yeah, oddly enough, the ones who end up scoring the goals too are the guys who I thought and mentioned in the previous podcast, sort of along the lines of, okay, we've seen enough from them. What, you know, let's get somebody new in here. Insigne, Immobile, both on the score sheet. I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because I do think that Turkey was really, really bad. I thought they were terrible, actually. Um... Once I saw that Demiral goal go in the own goal, I just thought to myself, "Okay, it's going to be sort of one of those, one of those nights." Listen, I'm not taking anything away from them. I thought they did play very, very well. I thought they played uh, much better than I had anticipated. I don't know. It's just something about some of these players that I mentioned in the previous episode that I just can't allow myself to <laughs> fully buy into oh, you're a I, pain I, in the I ass. can't <laughs> well no 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 it's you know, okay I, I understand I, yeah and I sure have I, I I guess I sort of likened it to because somebody else I, I was a friend of myself I was expressing this to him and he he sort of said the same thing how can you be so negative I kind of liken it to the situation of Borja Mayoral, where you sort of have a large body of evidence, and then you have a very clear one-off up until this point. Of course, I could carry on. We don't know. Obviously, no way of knowing. I could say one thing or the other, and I could end up looking stupid. But I guess my point of view is we have a very large body of work on a number of these guys. I, I guess my instinct is that I have more apprehension about these guys being able to replicate a performance such as the one from a few days ago against Turkey. I was just hoping to see more of a 
revolution within the squad this summer. We didn't get that. Two things can be true at the same time. They played good, and I still think that they should have had more uh, uh, overhaul within the team. We didn't even mention King Brian Cristante coming on. Yeah, that's good. With the number uh, I mean, 16 if you would have shirt, thought, uh, yeah, following in the Yeah, the I mean, if you would have thought first, first men off of the bench, uh, I don't know if I would have put my money on him. No, it's good. Come on, you know it's uh, at least at I'm least he's getting him. rewarded. Yeah, yes. And finally, he's not. He's, he doesn't have to play center back. Hopefully, you know, listen. I mean, with with Kilini's, uh state of injuries and and stuff like that. I mean, who knows? But I get you know people said to, after that episode basically you know slapped us silly and said oh but you know the. the there's been a revolution, but not to the extent that you would want it. And that's, I mean, I guess that's fine. And we have to be realistic. It's just, it always seems that with Italy, it kind of is like Roma. It's like, they don't want to, on, on one hand, they don't, they're trying to change, but they're not willing to commit hundred percent to it. So they still have to keep some of the old guard, you know, it's uh, a lot of it has to do with, with probably, you know, they're afraid that, uh, I don't know. Italians will revolt if you, you know, if you if you send away the the, the faces such as Bonucci and I mean, how long has it taken to to get rid of Buffon and even De Rossi? I mean, they 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 had to miss out on the World Cup to understand that this hey, this is the time to go. Um, but I, for me, it's it was a good game. And listen, I I think that that's I mean that's the least they should do if they're as good as everybody says they are and. They're up in the rankings, and everybody's talking about they should beat Turkey, they should beat Switzerland, um, they should beat Wales. That's it. It should be you know business as usual. Um, for me, the one thing that I don't want to see, and I'm afraid that I will see because I've already seen some of it, is this Italy being over glorified. Like I already saw somebody ask Jorginho whether this Italy, Italy is comparable to ch- the Chelsea that won the Champions League. Um, you know, I'm I'm seeing all kinds of things just because of that one game. It's sort of uh, this 3-0 came as a surprise to everybody, it seems, and now everybody's on the bandwagon. And I just don't want to be there if this turns out into a major disappointment, because if you start, you know, glorifying this this team after one game against Turkey, then man, oh man, I have news for you. Look at what the English national team has been doing for the past few years. Every time they get something right, everybody jumps at it, says, oh, this is, you know, these are super talented players. This team will, will do wonders. And then they just crash out in the most humiliating of fashion. And, um, I, I don't want that to happen with this Italy squad. I think they're good. They're 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 not excellent. They're not gonna be there. I think to compete against the likes of Spain and uh, France and Portugal. I um I re- I really don't. I think they can they can be you know the 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 sort of the the team that can surprise everybody, but they at least do it with some humility. And I think that that's going to be the key is how they will approach these games because uh, against Turkey in the first half, you could see that this was a team that was nervous, but at the same time, it was a team that felt a bit too confident. And uh, I think in the second half, it started to sink into them that, listen, we have to, you know, we have to deal with this step by step. We can't think of this game as a as a surefire win. This is still 
match that we have to grind out and get a re- and get a result out of. And that's how they won that game. Is they they turned the switch on in the second half. They became more pragmatic. They played without all the unnecessary passes to to you know to the defense. They started to move a bit forward. They started to try. I mean, Insigne had basically no runs in the first half. That's why I said Spinazzola was their engine in the first half. Only in the second half did they start to make all the runs from all sides. Berardi started to pick pick it up. Uh, Immobile became part of the the action. So it, it's good for me. It's a matter of attitude. And as I used the example of the England of the English national team, just because they, they always came off as cocky without the right to be cocky. Like you can, you, you know, you're France, you're champions of the world. You 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 have the right to you know to play a bit a bit more confident than usual. But if you're Italy, you've just missed out on the World Cup. Eat some humble pie before you know. Uh, before you start dictating the terms to everybody. And I think that's that will also come down to how this team is portrayed in the media, which is a big factor in these tournaments. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, 100%. And I think on top of this, too, I obviously we saw a number of people mention this, but you and I have talked about quite often on here how Spinazzola, it seemed he had a very clear and obvious shift in performance from when uh, Paolo Fonseca uh, shifted from four at the back to three. Uh, Obviously, his uh, defensive duties and responsibilities, they don't go away, but certainly they dissipate slightly with having only three at the back. You have more cover behind you. He's allowed more freedom. I think, uh, I mean, obviously beyond the performance itself, but I think him showing that he can do this in a uh, in a regular uh, um, left back, more of a traditional role was also a very big positive because, listen, I I highly doubt (laughs) Jose Mourinho is going to give him the license to roam (laughs) to the same level that that Paulo Fonseca Mm -hmm. gave him. I I don't think that's too much of a... of a wild guess, I do think he'll be afforded some, obviously, plenty of chances to go forward. But, I mean, Andy, this was a guy, you know, on paper it said wing back, but he was essentially, for all intents and purposes, he, he was an extra attacker in Fonseca's system. Um, Correct, yeah. I think him proving this and, and showing the capabilities in a traditional left-back role is also very important and sends a very strong signal to Mourinho. So I was very encouraged to see that. Very, very encouraged to see that. Um, as far as the rest of uh, the rest of the Italian national team, is there anybody who stood out to you that really wowed you? For me, again, the guys who I, I wasn't impressed by in previous tournaments, I thought Insigne did well in the second half. Immobile did, meh. To me, he never jumps off the, never really jumps off the screen. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chiellini, 
Bonucci, whatever. I thought Di Lorenzo did very good when he came in for uh, Florenzi. Again, I, I guess I just sort of go back, I, and I know this is going to come off again as negative, but for me at least, I, and I'm asking you this, because beyond Spinazzola, there was nobody who was just uh, jumping off the screen saying, wow, this guy is uh, really oozing quality at the moment and raising the level of this of this oh, team. I, no, I would have to disagree with that. I think that uh, Jorginho uh, is... No, George, oh, okay, you know, yes, you're right. I mean, he's, right. he's, I he's having that. a wonderful season, and I think at Chelsea, he's learned to, to cope with more responsibility. At the end of the day, he, at Chelsea, plays with kids, and he's one of the older players, one of the more experienced ones. I, I he's had a wonderful season, so I think that carries on to um, this part of the, the season, late in the, the, the season. And I think same goes for Barella. I, I, I think that that's a duo that can, can be very important for Italy going forward. Again, you have to mix that with somebody somebody that other than Locatelli. I think Locatelli had a great, great year with, with Sassuolo, but looked nervous, looked like he didn't really have a purpose. And maybe if, you know, listen, I'm not saying start Cristante, but I think that Cristante or Verratti, those are players that do the dirty work. While, while Jorginho and Barella are also... Um, very good at doing the dirty work, at recovering the ball, at intercepting it. They're also brilliant at going forward, setting up the play. Guy like Verratti, guy like uh, Cristante can help them out. I think that going forward in this tournament, it's also going to be tricky for Mancini to... Yeah, like it's great to have Bonucci and Chiellini, who are the traditional defenders, be such a part of... The, the the playmaking because essentially that's it's it's been it's been the theme of Italy for the past few years that uh, the center backs are essentially the ones that start the, the, the play for for Italy they're the ones that sort of uh, get the get the attack going I would love to see the midfield used to its full potential because I think that's probably the strongest. Um, along with the defense, the strongest part for Italy. Uh, you you know you have you have guys like Barella, guys like Verratti, Jorginho who can make stuff happen. Locatelli is great. Needs maybe more some bit more time. You have Castrovilli, who's also an exciting prospect. So uh, there is potential there. It's it's just a matter I think of of gelling. And you know I once again I also <laughs> I also don't think that. Uh, Insigne and, and Immobile had had this great of a game. I actually think that they sort mm. of arrived a bit late to the party. Immobile had a goal that he should have scored. I mean, anybody should have scored that. You and I would yeah, have Yeah, it's that. it's Come something on. that you have to do. He did it great, fantastic. I'm, but that it, it ends at that. That's that's the all the praise I have for him. I I would like to, however, for at least some of these games to see Bastoni. Um, to see, yes, yes, you know, exactly. to, to, yes. to sort of uh, make it make it a bit more unpredictable, you know, because there are there are these instances where you say, oh, great. But I, I wish to see somebody else um, in that spot. And I'm just saying I'm not saying, you know, sacrifice the tournament for the benefit of the youngsters. I'm just saying I hope that when the time comes and listen, this is a doable group. I mean, this is some a group that, that Italy should top with their eyes closed. So. You know, it's and bust. It's not like you're giving you're giving the keys 
to to somebody who's who doesn't have anything to show. I mean, guy like Bastoni was, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the protagonists for Inter, and and a lot of it goes for other players that that sort of always fade in the background when it comes to the national team, and instead for their own club, they're they're protagonists. Yes, Locatelli was was a protagonist for Sassuolo, and he was nervous at this game. It happens, and I'm just saying. Uh, maybe try somebody else. It's just, I, I would like to see this team give fair chances to everybody. Um, and, and you know, like like with, with uh, Di Lorenzo, you know, comes on for Florenzi. Only the afterwards it became apparent it was because of an injury. But that's the kind of substitution that I want to see made more often. Is that something is not working, um, get get somebody fresh on and, and try your luck. That's That's all. This will be my last grumpy old man opinion. Who are you? The Walter Matthau character or the Jack Lemmon character? <laughs> Every couple of years, these tournaments where this sort of grandstanding, I guess you would call it, that, that just drives me mad, I have to tell you. 10, 11 months, I have to get my balls broken by anonymous accounts on Twitter who are Milanisti, Interisti, Juventini. But then for these two months, you know, after they basically tell me to, you know, go kill yourself, jump off the, you know, go jump off the roof or something. This sort of like fake unity. Put all of the club rivalries aside. Come on, let's uh, let's support the Azzurri. I'm like, whoa! Two months ago, you were uh, you were holding two fingers up in the air, telling me to go go do one. Now you and I are supposed to interlock arms and and and, and sing together. Come on, man! No, I I don't think it works like that. Credit to anybody who does find themselves able to do that. You are a much much more forgiving and better individual than I am because I. I truly do find it very difficult being able to do that yeah no i i get i i mean if it's if it's genuine if if those people because you know like my grandfather used to be able to watch a game and say you know i'm i'm just anybody who you know that, that's the attitude was uh i'm just rooting for 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 the, the for the sport right for for the beauty of the <laughs> right. sport, I I, w- I was never able to watch football that way. I'm, I was never able to be detached. You know, it's mm. and and when it comes to the national teams, you know, you have all that patriotic bullshit that that comes out, and 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 oh. people start feeling, oh, you know, you have, I have to stand up and and um, and sing the national anthem and uh, you know have all the flags raised in in my house. And if that's genuine, great. But I also see, you know, a lot of what you're talking about is also a lot of just bullshit. That's that's what it comes down to. Um, and <laughs> I just think that now uh, with Italy, it's been bizarre because with social media, everything is so heightened. And um, and yeah, I, right. I just want to yes. see... Uh, I, I, just, I want to see this team succeed. I also want this team to, to, to play in a way that sort of can appeal to to some random person off the street. I also want this this team to play in a way that doesn't you know benefit certain players uh, over others. Um, and at the end of the day, um, I I also want to see the media being able to take a step back and not paint these guys as heroes and saviors of the nation because they won against Turkey. Because really, when when you start to make a big fuss out of a game like that, which was a good game, but it was again something that they, they should have done. It should have been handled exactly the way they handled it. That's uh, that's when you know you're still far away from making actual progress because you know that's those are the games that you should win. You should not get praised 
for them. That's it, it's something that should be com- coming natural to you. And th- for me, that's always a sign of oh, we're still you know it's a realization that we mm. we still have miles away from teams like like France, like Portugal, um, like Spain, like Germany, who've you know who've actually won in in recent times. And every time I go on Facebook and every summer. There comes that time where you're reminded that it's been 14 years or what? No, fuck. Wait, is it 15 years since um since the since Italy won the World Cup? So it's that's a long time, and and it seems like a lot of people are still thriving off of that. And 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 worse yet, it seems like there is people in charge of Italian footballers that still have that mentality of that you're superior to 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 anybody else because oh you you won the World Cup in 2006. And I'm just like get real. Like uh, for the for the good of the sport, for the for the good of Serie A and and Italian uh footballers it's it's best that we realize that this team really took a big step back. Now they're just getting started. And beating a team like Turkey should be the first, 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 very first little tiny baby step um, toward making actual progress. Oh, 100%. And if we're talking about having issues with just the media in general... I lost a little bit of faith in not only the media, but some of the things I saw on social media when it came to this Erickson incident. Man, just beyond the... I want to tread carefully because I am still very angry about this because of some of the things that happened, and I'm sure you, you have many of the same complaints that I do about this. So, first off, one of the scariest situations that I think in my lifetime, at least, maybe you have can bring another incident to the table. I mean, obviously, there there have been other uh, there have been other things that have unfolded, unfortunately, on the pitch like this um, that we hear about. But you typically, it's not um, a, a, a prime time event like this for the whole world to see unfold before their eyes. Unless you can come up with another example that I'm clearly overlooking, Andy. I mean, for me, this was one of the most scary situations I've ever seen in anything Mm -hmm. associated with sport, man. Just very vivid, very serious, very scary. I think I have the same complaint as just about everybody. First off, the cameras. I, I, I don't know you know, maybe it's this age of media uh, voyeurism that we we find necessary to to zoom in on this g- poor guy uh, going through, I mean, a life-altering um, situation where his life is in the balance, and we're zooming in on this guy's eyes. First off, I, I thought the, uh, the 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 camera work was so distasteful about. The entire thing, um, because then right after that, they pan to his partner, showing her crying. Man, I, I just, I take such issue with that. I assume you are in the same boat, right? Yeah, then and, and uh, that definitely is sort of the scariest thing you can, you can, you can see on 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 live TV, especially in a sports event, and uh, it's another reminder of 
you know, there are some things that matter and some things that just don't matter at all. And exactly, but it's also like what we're doing right yeah, now. Does it not doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. <laughs> what we say, it doesn't matter. And, and, and what they were doing on that field didn't matter. And, but the worst thing is that it's also a reminder that some people uh, see that life also as something that doesn't, you know, that matters, but to an extent it matters because you can see his eyes, you know, you can, you can capture oh. him on camera. You can oh. capture, you know, the, 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 the tears of his teammates. You can capture the tears of his partner and the, you know, the TV director, the, whoever was coordinating those shots, whoever was not, you know, saying this is let's cut the the feed or let's pan to yes. something else. Because, I mean, the for me, the, the saddest part about it is his teammates actually had to go out there and make a shield mm. because they knew oh, that the ta- cameras are out there. Like how how terrible. Like imagine to be one of those guys. You, your friend is on the ground, you're living a traumatic event, and you're also asked to just lock in arms, form a circle around him. You are forced to, you know, listen to see whatever is going on there. But you also have this thinking of, uh, am I, I have to protect, protect him because uh, there are people out there who's, who are going to use this for, for certain purposes. Mm. And that's exactly what happened because... You know, afterward, you you see all these news outlets, you see all the newspapers, headlines that use these images that that retweet these videos, and oh, and it's just sickening. you know, it's it's always a tragedy, and you know, with with um, it, it's always tragedy a tragedy when when these things happen. Thank God, it didn't happen, and but there is there is also a dimension to. To the tragedy because it's terrible when somebody like Astori passes away in his sleep, which is always uh, a terrible thing at such a young age. But then to have this this life threatening situation becomes some sort of product for 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 these people to. I mean, what what it would have cost them to to pan to something else or to you know to just hold it on the fans or hold it on the scoreboard and and then cut to the studios because I'm pretty sure that that was a possibility. It's not like uh, studios were struggling to organize themselves in time to have something to say. That happens, you know. That happens all the time on 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 TV and. Somehow this, you know, this situation, I think that's also a reminder that sports right now and football in general has become a product. Like my mom yesterday, we were watching Netherlands and Ukraine and she was like saying, I can't focus on the game because of the, you know, those, those banner, those, those electronic banners that show all the sponsors of the game you know that because there are so many that, that it, those images keep moving around and it's heineken and it's booking.com and it's gasprom it's all this stuff and it's it's a reminder that this sport has become commercial to such an extent that there's somebody out there willing to keep a camera locked in on on the guy fighting for his life and uh, you know it's I remember the only thing I could remember is one time I think um, I I didn't see it directly, but I saw a replay of it 
it was when this Livorno player in the Serie B, yeah. um, Morosini. Yeah, yeah, Morosini. Yes. And he, and I think it was like 2011 or 12, he, um, he just collapsed. And he, he, that first collapse was got caught on camera, but then it was immediately cut away. As soon as that situation was, as soon as it was clear that this guy was, was in for something serious, uh, the camera cut away and that's what you do but that's what you do when you're you know when you're uh, filming uh, a serie b match unfortunately that's that's it seems like that's when they make the exception and obviously unfortunately this guy wasn't as lucky and 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 he and passed away but it, it's uh, and again it's a tragic reminder of some things matter some things don't but there is also people out there who are willing to to use those terrible, terrible moments um, against you, just just to make something you know worth retweeting. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And, and imagine again, imagine, and thank, thankfully this was not the case. But just imagine, had he passed away, a guy. It, it's almost as if you toss aside everything he has done on the pitch in front of spectators. You essentially toss that into the bin for this very cheap, very just ugly image of him losing his life on the pitch it's almost as if everything he has done is almost again essentially just tossed aside because we have this very vivid this very um you know uh it's it grabs your eyeballs it grabs your attention this video of this guy passing away i mean who wants that to be the final legacy of their life i mean show this guy some respect someone with children and and the children part doesn't even factor into it you don't it doesn't matter if he has children or not but i'm just saying like think about just beyond the implications of this single guy i mean there's so much more to it again the fact that like the fact that it was even possible that this could be the final image of a guy is what really just infuriates me nobody deserves in their final moments to be degraded like that to be exploited right right and, ugh, that that bothered me so and much. also to me what bothered me even more is that there are people that act- actively defend that and you know, um, oh, oh because oh, I spent my weekend yeah. fighting these idiots. Yeah, be- uh, one guy telling me, "Oh, it's censorship, C- censorship." Yeah, by not showing that, that's censor. Oh, come on, man! What are you talking? Yeah, about? and but also, and and it's uh, somebody, wait, somebody, uh, 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 an editor in chief of the, of a very prominent uh, Italian sports news outlet, which I'm not going to name, but still, I mean, it's one of the usual suspects, and uh, he defended that decision by by posting on his Twitter and justifying like justifying that way the photo of the um, of the girl of the vietnamese oh, girl on fire you know the the yes. girl oh, oh. running away uh, after a napalm strike in vietnam um then that photo uh, went on and won all kinds of prizes and is basically oh. 
sort of the staple of Germany. Yeah, what yeah. he said in the for tweet a just, oh, oh man, I, I let <laughs> strangle that but guy if I saw. It, I mean, how insensitive! It, it, it's it, it's insensitive. It's also complete ignorance because it's you're you're using um, a photo a, a, a war a photo shot in the war when. A lot of that stuff wasn't coming out. We live in a completely different era now. There are purposes to certain things. There is there is a life behind a photo and behind an image, and there is always something behind that. And and for for in case of Ericsson, there is nothing that you get out of. There is there is it, we live in a reality that is always connected compared to the sixties. Compared to obscure places in the world, we see things all the time. We're connected to it all the time, and and it's also it's a matter of of of, of priorities, of what's important, of what matters, of who we are hurting by 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 retweeting something, by reposting something, by republishing something, and th- that image of Ericsson um, on the field just doesn't benefit anyone. That's the. It's not you're making somebody aware of a problem. Because at the end of the day, that's what that photo did. That photo of the girl on fire initiated a whole movement that basically then um, forced, you know, for, forced the end of the Vietnam War. Was a contribution to to something, to a movement, to to a, a general switch in in the in a country's mentality. Meanwhile, here, this is something so 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 desperate turn into trivial so scary turn into just something that you and who who didn't see that who isn't who doesn't live in a reality that is not connected to that and and it's it's just it's that's the that's the thing is that you don't you're not making anybody aware of a problem you're not making anybody more informed using a, a, a certain photo or a certain video um, you're not because we're we live in completely different eras, and you know, for a, for an editor in chief, to you know, of a of a really prominent newspaper, to not be able to grasp that is just so <laughs> deflating, and the oh. ignorance is just you know, it just shows you there is just there are no borders to ignorance. No, you are absolutely correct. Before we go, it looks like Paolo Fonseca is going to be named the new manager of Spurs. So Spurs in Roma. They do a a one-for-one trade. Uh, Listen, I am on the record. I am, I've repeated myself endlessly saying the same thing. I think he got a very unfair uh, deal at Roma. I do think he's going to be a very good man, be a very good manager. Having said that, Andy, I also can't run from, from the fact that I did say I do think he needs a step down. This is not a step down. I am actually quite surprised if I'm being completely transparent. I'm very, very surprised that Spurs go from Antonio Conte to Paolo Fonseca. I I, I guess I don't... How do we get from Mm -hmm. A to B? How did we end up here? Uh, Um... I do worry for him. I have to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I definitely. I mean, I'm I'm very happy because I I'm happy for him. I, I'm yes. happy for him because first the Premier League is always something that he spoke about. Great. That's fantastic. And it also in a way not making a major step down is also something that, you know, uh, he'll probably be happy about. I'm just as you as you are, I'm I'm concerned about whether he's going to go to the right setting where 
he's going to get the time he needs because Fonseca needs time. That's something that, that we saw. He needs time. It, 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 it takes time, trial and error and whatever. And to, for him to get it right, for him to 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 learn to read the environment to to how to carry himself and how to let his team play he make he takes time to make those decisions and and then is this going to be a, a place where he is going to be given the tools to succeed which is again it's something that he didn't get here at Roma um he didn't and at Tottenham Tottenham have a bizarre way of spending money it seems like they're transfer market policies change from summer to summer, kind of like Roma. Um, there is a summer where they don't spend any money. Remember that where Pochettino was basically looking at all his opposition getting players left and right and Tottenham weren't making a single move. And then they go out and they, they spend money, but on a, on a lot of players that then fail to contribute in any meaningful way for Jose Mourinho. And you're just like kind of like wondering what what's the plan behind that. And so I'm thinking, is he going to a place where they know who they're getting or is he going to a place where they just want him because he, on some list he's one of the names below Conte who was the primary target. That's something that worries me is that this is a guy who's had a really rough experience at Roma. I just wanted him to go to a place where it's going to be nice and quiet, where he, you know, where where he's able to to work and and uh, um, there is no rush, there is no need for immediate success. Uh, I don't know if Tottenham is that. I mean, it will always depend on what the people in charge there are thinking after. Hiring and sacking Mourinho in the span of a year and a half uh, is is that something that by by hiring Paratici are they willing to to take a, you know a, a year where they're not aiming for the for the Premier League where they're not aiming for the for for any sort of big big time trophy because I don't know whether. Fonseca would be able to cope with that pressure after two years of really stressful time at Roma. Oh, absolutely. And and going in there knowing essentially that one of the best players in the league, your top goal scorer, has already expressed the desire to, to move on. So, I mean, before even becoming official, he's stepping foot into a situation where uh, it's very, very complicated. Yeah. And as you just said, uh, you have ownership that really, as you said, much like Roma, they seem to zigzag as and, to where they view yeah, things. Yeah, and it's also weird because in Italy, any other club would have been happy to take Fonseca. It seems like uh, the Premier League and the England in, 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 in specifically is more, is sort of like they don't recognize anybody who comes from the outside. Like... Mm. I mean, I remember when Conte came to Chelsea and they were so just uh, surprised at this. It, it, it just didn't gel because they do. Who is this guy? You know, this guy succeeded with Juventus in Italy, but so what? Who cares? And I can only imagine what the reaction will be, the initial reaction to somebody like Fonseca, who hey, ended up seventh, um, had, you know, spent two years sort of kind of like anonymous years at Roma. What, what, he, what did he bring to that club that we don't have? Uh, Tottenham's fans will, will probably ask themselves. And I, I, I just wish they will, I, I just hope they will give him time because uh, that's, that's really what he needs. And uh, it, I think that with Harry Kane, 
it it will also depend on what Paratici will tell him. What Fonseca, I think Fonseca is fully capable of, you know, of, of getting a guy back to focusing on this club. You know, it's uh, I think Fonseca has good good relationships with players. If you're not called Edin Dzeko um, or Juan Ch- Juan Jesus, but that's that shouldn't be a problem with somebody like Harry Kane. Yeah, I, I guess I'm more so just saying he's coming off a very difficult situation at oh, yeah. Roma yeah, where yeah. he had to deal with multiple episodes, multiple issues, ownership. Uh, you just said Jack, a sporting director. And before again, before even stepping foot, yeah. you have to address the situation. So I, 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 A, I feel bad for him because this is happening again. And B, I just think to myself... No, no, he's going to have to work ass off for to build his a reputation uh, in the Premier League, that's for sure. Like he's not, you know, he's coming there basically from 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 point zero. He's starting from from zero, and he's gonna have to uh, work his ass off to build a reputation. But I think he's he's more than capable of doing it if and only if Tottenham decide to go some other direction compared to what Roma did with him. Yeah, yeah, we. Um... We see exactly the same way on this. I, I still can't believe a place like Fiorentina didn't see fit to appoint him. But uh, they chose Gattuso, uh, another guy that I do like. Uh, but again, best of luck to Paolo Fonseca. That is where we are going to leave it. We will we will do a second episode this week, I promise. We will be back following the match uh, between uh, Switzerland and Italy. <laughs> we will see what happens. Hopefully we can continue this positive uh, discussion and outlook uh, Andy Azzurri. Uh, again, I was surprised. I hope they can do it a second time in a row. That would be, again, a very um, a very welcome gesture because I, I did not expect what I saw take place against Turkey. So that is where we will leave it again. We will be back in a few days. Uh, so until then, ciao. Ciao.